What is going on guys? My name is Mohammed Al-Qadim and I would like to welcome you to the very first episode of Sitting with Uncertainty. I would like to state that I am not a licensed professional and in case of a crisis emergency, I would always advise you to seek help from a professional. I would also like to disclaim that all of the resources used within this podcast have been discovered online, have been discovered through personal experiences, or have been recommended by another. Sitting with Uncertainty is a podcast strictly created to inspire, encourage, and unite those struggling with mental illness while combating the stigma and spreading awareness. Thank you so much for tuning in, and without further ado, let's get into it. And we're rolling. What is going on, guys? I hope you are as hyped as I am. I'm finally doing this. We're doing this right now, and I just, I hope you guys enjoy the content. I hope I touch your hearts, and I hope you guys gain something valuable from this experience. So, um... I am Mohammed, the host and creator of Sitting with Uncertainty, a podcast about OCD, and um, I am 20 years old, and I'm currently going to school as a psych major. Um, I'm really interested in psychology. I love philosophy. I love thinking, and I'm analyzing things, and um, I was diagnosed with obsessive-compulsive disorder in um, the sixth grade, I believe. And so even though obsessive compulsive disorder was something that was, you know, prevalent in my life since um, I can remember, um, I wasn't understanding what it was or what I was experiencing until, you know, the um, the beginning of middle school. And so I want to talk a little bit about mental illness. So um, I have a definition for mental illness that's from NAMI, N-A-M-I known as the National Alliance on Mental Illness, and they characterize mental illness as a condition that affects one's thinking, feeling, behaviors, and mood, and it impacts daily life and um, can hinder one's ability to function. And so there's several causes of mental illness. Um, There are several different types of mental illness, but they can't really pinpoint exactly where it comes from because it seems to be transmitted genetically. It seems to manifest from environmental experiences, and it seems to also be a result of chemical imbalances. And so it's interesting because the more stressful you are, or the more stress I mean you are, stressed, <laughs> the more stressed you are, the more susceptible you are to the, um, the, the mental illness and its ability to manifest into you know, full form. So um, really, this is, a, this is a illness that manifests and becomes real. It becomes something out of nothing. And so... Honestly, from my perspective, I think that the disease or the illness manifests from beliefs and actions and behaviors and ideals that don't serve you and who you are. I think that it's a conflict. I think that it's an inner struggle. It's a representation of something. You know, I think everything happens for a reason. And I'm not just saying that because I'm some, oh, happy la-la land type of guy. But I'm saying that because in order for something to, to exist... You need to put, or some energy needs to put, be put towards that. And why would you put energy towards something that has no value? You know, that isn't there for a reason. You wouldn't. If there's no reason, it will not persist or exist. 
You know, everything has value. Every experience has value. Everything is a humbling experience that teaches you something. It's just whether you're aware of it or not. And so specifically NAMI or the National Alliance on Mental Illness um, defines OCD and characterizes it by constant, persistent, intrusive thoughts um, that result in uncomfortable or emerge with uncomfortable emotional states, which results in the urge of this compelling feeling to perform ritualistic behaviors. And I say ritualistic because it seems that there's a slippery slope, especially when you're struggling with obsessive compulsive disorder, because you may have an intrusive thought and you may feel anxious and you perform a behavior so that, you know, that intrusive thought or that potential reality doesn't, you know, doesn't happen. But the thing is, right after you perform the behavior, who knows how long it's going to relieve your, you know, relieve your your emotional state for or how long, you know, that th- your mind will be cleared and calmed because sometimes it just is temporary relief. And then as soon as that intrusive thought comes back, because sometimes it's constant, it's persistent and it cycles, then you find yourself performing the behavior again and then getting the thoughts and then the emotions and then performing the behavior and then getting the thought again and then getting the emotion and then performing the behavior. And it becomes a cyclic just cycle, this, this, this suffering because as someone who experiences obsessive compulsive disorder you have a rational mind and you have an irrational mind okay so you have the logic mind and the emotion mind and even though you know the rational answer you know what is correct in the back of your mind the emotional mind or the irrational mind is more powerful and it it, it convinces you um, to believe, you know, terrible things, it, it, it convinces you to, you know, believe things that are not true or that do not exist or things that, you know, are completely crazy. But when you lose that rational mind, you're kind of lost. You have no reference point. And that's suffering because you don't understand why or what is happening to you. All you know is that you have no control and that's scary. You have no control over your behaviors, your actions, your thoughts. If anything, you've become a, you've become a slave to habitual in a habitual way of thinking because all OCD really is is a label. You know, we are not sure where it comes from. It seems to manifest in several ways, and the fact that it manifests means that it's a valuable experience that we learn something from it. That something comes from it. From my perspective, um, I think OCD obsessive compulsive disorder is a label. I think that's all it is. It's in a label and it's labeling a habitual thought process, a habit, a routine, routine way of thinking that has been encouraged and inspired by experiences, one's environment, you know, the people they interact with. And after a while, it shapes you, it shapes your psyche, the way you think, the way you perceive the world. And um, that can, you know, be detrimental and um, it also can be, you know, amazing. You know, you can have ep- epiphanies and certain things happen that completely change your perspective in a good way. But sometimes they have long lasting traumatic effects and, um, you know, can result in a mental illness. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I was diagnosed with mental uh, mental illness in eighth grade. But um, I remember just like when I was super young, just walking through stores and feeling the need to drag my hand across the clothes as I walked by it. And I know that, hey, that might be a common thought, but when you feel absolutely compelled to do something and you have no control over your own behavior, 
that that is not a comfortable feeling especially when you're overwhelmed by anxiety you know that's that's some scary stuff that is suffering you know that is you know being ashamed that you're embarrassing yourself by performing these behaviors even though you know what's rational but you can't help but fear it and to submit to it you know you're a slave to your own mind like that's not fun that's not okay and it's it's tough it's not the easy path you know but the fact that you're dealing with it proves that you can you can achieve you know you can achieve whatever state you're trying to achieve you can surmount this adversity you can you can be faced with this adversity and be you know triumphant that's what that means because the fact that you have it means that you can beat it you know everybody has their struggles and if you know if we have this then you know there's a reason there's a reason that it persists and becomes real and manifests um i remember i used to get body tics which is a type of ocd where you um you do certain muscle fidgets and stuff and so one thing was i was told that if you were to look all the way up with you the back of your head against your back um it's you know bad for your neck and so i remember as a kid I get those intrusive thoughts, that's bad for you. So I would perform the behavior because it would make me anxious and I want to make sure it doesn't hurt when I do it because if I did it and then I hurt myself and I tried to do it again, obviously it would hurt. So I would just keep swinging my head back and forth like I was in some rock concert and people didn't know what the heck was going on with me. But I'm over here like every moment like that I have this intrusive thought, I'm overwhelmed with anxiety and I feel the need to perform these behaviors. And um, I remember my sister telling me that, like, when we used to go visit my dad, they would be talking and chatting. They turn around and I'm over here swinging my head back and forth all the way back. Like I'm trying to like like my head's about to be chopped off. And they're like, just like, what the hell? Like, what are you doing? And they're trying to get me to stop. And um, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I didn't have the coping skills. I didn't have. I didn't have the knowledge of what I was experiencing. I didn't I didn't know what was going on and it wasn't fun. It was not fun because I knew that something was not right. I knew it. I knew that nothing something was not right and I did not ask for that. And so um you know I continued going to school. Um I got diagnosed and I continued to go in and out of mental health um clinics. I was um I you know I I met with therapists all of which you know I learned from, um, I also, you know, was on all types of medications and it makes you feel like a guinea pig. And that's not, that's not fun. You know, when you're trying to figure something out, when you're having an issue, like you, you find out you're diagnosed with mental illness and that label, that label and the stigma that that label carries around is so profound and so powerful that, that it puts you in a state of fear. You know, it encourages that anxious state. Especially, you know, when you're going through all the different people you got to talk to and they expect you to be open. And then, you know, your psychiatrist is trying to figure out what medication, you know, you should be on. So she needs to understand what kind of compulsions and situations and circumstances you're in. And um, it's it's humiliating and it's, it's shame instilling. And um, it shouldn't be, but that's the way it is because of the stigma, because of the way people view mental illness. And... Um, I know people like me, people like you listening, people here, um, you know, advocating for mental health. That's the reason we are here. That's the reason we've, you know, had this path. We were dealt these cards. And it's it's to prove that, like, that not only is this something that's super real, 
but this is something that affects all of us every day. You know, and if there's something I can do to let you know that you are not alone and that I felt that way, that I've been right there with you, then I'm going to do it because that's my purpose. My purpose is to have, I guess, I mean, uh, to experience this and to to learn from it and to to try to help others who are experiencing it because, you know, I mean, I heard this quote somewhere and don't quote it, like, don't quote me on it, but Someone once said that if you have the pleasure of obsessing about something in your life, consider yourself lucky. And so OCD may be like, you know, may have all these like, you know, negative or, um, you know, negative connotations associated with it. But it has a lot of positive aspects too, like passion and persistence and um, consistency and determination and um, good work ethic in a lot of times. And um, this isn't something we should be ashamed about. This is something we should embrace because this is who we are. We were created like this for a reason. You know, there are people who don't even believe that mental health is or mental illness is real because it's not something tangible. It's not something they can really see or experience or feel. But guess what? I know it's real and you know it's real. And that's all that matters because we're here to help those who, you know, need our help or who don't understand what they're experiencing. You know, there are people who, you know, it's like 8 million people um, every year commit suicide as a result to mental health or mental illness. You know, people don't know how to manage or cope. I'm not even kidding. One time um, I went on a Facebook support and group chat on um, about OCD and I remember going in and I'm... <clears throat> I was really struggling with my OCD at the time and I was looking for some some support and stuff and I I go through page after page after page and I'm completely like astonished. I'm like absolutely shocked because it's page after page of millions of people just posting their like compulsions and their intrusive thoughts and like and it's just terrible because one person's triggers or compulsions or thoughts can, you know, trigger those same exact things in someone else and um it was a mess and um, that's not how you defeat something and that's not how you face adversity. You know, you, you get yourself up, you dust yourself off and you find someone who can support you, who can help you, who understands. And um, th- that's that's why we're here, you know, because not everybody can actually find somebody or find that support. You know, at first I didn't understand that. Like I, I'm blessed, you know, with my the peer mediators and a great therapy and great psychiatrists and um it's still a struggle. The fact that I have amazing resources and it's still really hard is just upsetting because I know there's tons of people who think they're crazy, who think that, you know, they can't do anything and that they're completely lost because they're struggling with something that society um, ultimately rejects and tries to ignore. And um, that's what we're trying to defeat. We're trying to defeat those those stigmas, those stereotypes and those those um, controls, those those perceptions that are not true, that are distorted. You know, somebody, somebody you know who struggles with mental illness is somebody who's probably super empathetic, is super loving, is someone who understands, is and is op- open-minded because they suffered, because they were humbled, because they, you know, they were put, they were put, a lot of pressure was put on them. You know, a lot of pressure and they transformed and they grew from that. And so that's initially what I think, you know, mental illness is in a nutshell.
yeah, I mean, I have tons of experiences. Um, like I said, I mean, I had this one issue um, where I, once I shut the door and I went into, like, I left my room and I went into my mom's room in one of the houses we lived in. And I guess I didn't shut all the door, I didn't shut the door all the way when I left. And so I remember coming back out and I'm seeing this man carrying, like, dead kittens and I knew the dead kittens were from my mom's room because she had kittens in there and at the time we had a lot of dogs in the house too and so I guess I didn't shut the door all the way or that's the conclusion I came to and as a result of that experience I remember every time I left a room I had this intrusive thought that I was gonna harm someone and that's a subtype of OCD harm OCD which consists of like persistently checking things because you don't want to harm yourself or others and I remember just like I, I just developed this this routine where I would, um, and it's called evening out, where I would twist the doorknob twice to the right, twice to the left, and then I would push it twice and then pull it in twice to make sure that the door was shut. And then I would actually exit and go walk through the doorway. And then I would do it again so that I performed the ritual twice, which is an even number. And for some reason, I had to be an even number. And then sometimes, let's say I performed the ritual and I feel like I didn't do it good enough you know, or that intrusive thought persists, then I go back on the other side of the door and do it again. But as a result, I got to walk through the doorway again and do it again on the other side because it needs to be done an even amount of times. So that would be four times performing this ritual, just trying to pass through a door. You know, that's a lot of pressure. And that's a, that's a lot for, you know, someone who's in uh, middle school to to handle and understand and to try to interpret you know it's it's not easy i remember um another subtype of ocd is contamination or um the fear of um being sick or um getting someone else sick and so um all of the obsessions and compulsions revolve around you know this this fear of germs and i remember that was something i experienced you know early in and my diagnosis and it was so bad that I remember I used to wash my hands so much that like when I would leave or go outside and make a fist eventually all my knuckles would crack because they were so dry and and it's just it doesn't seem that bad it seems tedious and it seems but mental health and mental illness is serious I can't stress that enough you know there have been moments where I've been absolutely ashamed and crippled by my actions and and the 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 reactions of the individuals around me and what they think because they you know they may be ignorant or unaware of what I'm experiencing but you know it crushes you it, it crushes your soul it humiliates you you know having to perform these rituals all the time and it's exhausting but the thing is that you are not alone the thing is is that you if you are experiencing this if you are experiencing this not only are is there value in it not only is there a reason you're experiencing it but there are millions of other people on the planet experiencing it too and so before i end today um you know with a short you know beginning i want to i wanted to talk about myself kind of my experiences a little bit um kind of who i am and um i kind of want to talk a little bit i wanted to end on a, a good note which is some healthy coping skills and so before i go i want to explain about how when we're obsessing or we're having intrusive thoughts it's always because we're fearing something we want to avoid something happening you know something that we feel that we're in control of when essentially we're not and even though i'm saying this it's still hard because i struggle with ocd every day of my life every day 
whether it's school or work, this is something that that I struggle and I battle with every single moment. I've had days where it feels like the only thoughts I've had were intrusive thoughts, sitting constantly with that anxiety, trying not to perform these behaviors, and that's all I'm consumed by. And there's millions of people struggling, lost, and that's why this this needs to be um, this um, OCD and what it is needs to be spread. We must combat the stigma and we must spread awareness and educate people on all these situations that are important and that have effects on us. And so um, two coping skills that really helped with me was the fact that I realized that anytime I had an intrusive thought or a worry, I was thinking in the future or past. It's something I wanted to control or something that I wish I could change. And I realized I wasn't present. And I realized that being fully committed in the present moment, being present was when I was happiest. You know, when I wasn't trying to control anything or I wasn't trying to change anything, when I was just going with the flow, when I was being myself and being present was when I was happy, was when I was when I was at the best state of mind, we'll say. And so I dedicated myself to to some meditation practices and to mindfulness and I tried to make being present or being being aware of the present moment more routine in my life. But um, it's still not easy. But the thing I know is that there are a few coping skills that you can initially do that will bring you back to the present moment and kind of give you some space from those intrusive, irrational thoughts. Because that's all you need. These these thoughts want you to entertain them. They want to consume you, This these thoughts, these impulses, these fears. But the thing is that the more you feed into it and the more you analyze and accept them, the more they control you, the more the emotions persist in the behavior. And essentially, you're supposed to just like in a meditative state, observe those thoughts, let them pass, be present every time, every moment, every second that you feel anxious, every second, try to get yourself to come back to the present moment. And eventually you'll get lost in the moment again. And by the time that you have that intrusive thought again, you will hopefully have gained some space and you'll be able to say, oh, that is irrational or, oh, maybe I don't have to worry about that. And you, you bring yourself back to the present moment. And when it comes again, this time it's a little weaker. You know, it doesn't bother you nearly as much as it did when you first thought about it. And um, you don't feel you don't feel at all that you need to perform the compulsions. It does make you anxious still, but you may not feel the need to perform the compulsions. And so, you know, that's kind of the process of calming the mind. It's kind of leaving it be, leaving it by itself, you know, not entertaining that. Because you feel like you should perform the behaviors and do these things to relieve the anxiety. But honestly, all it does is encourage it. It lights that flame and it, it ignites it. And um, that's just one thing, you know, that's what coping and managing OCD is about. It's about understanding how to live with it and how to use it to your advantage. Everything has value. You know, it's shaping you and it's making you the person you are today. And that person you are today is the perfect person, is the person you are meant to be. You know, embrace your mental illness, embrace your challenges, embrace those adversities because you are an amazing person. You know, you have value. And um, and this isn't easy. This is not an easy road. But listen to me. Everything happens for a reason. And if you weren't supposed to experience this, I doubt you would have. If you weren't capable of experiencing this, I doubt you would have.
Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in to my first episode. Um, bear with me. It's a lot harder than I thought. There's a lot of planning, and um, it's really hard to make it perfect, which is not easy for me. I'm always trying to, you know, strive for perfection, which is ultimately impossible. And so that's actually why it took me a while to produce this first episode. Um, you know, just fear, fear, fear of the unknown, sitting with that uncertainty, and um, I decided to do it. So thank you for the support. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you guys have a great rest of your day.